When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball is in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Don't stop. Stop wow. that. that. That's Set fucked right up, up, dude. Cut the music. That's fucked up. Don't do that. You're don't a, do that. You are unbelievable. Don't do that. Don't. Hey, don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Seven seconds don't. in and you are here to take the air out of the tires of New York nope. fans. No, well, some of them deserve it. Some of them deserve it because last night at like two o'clock in the morning, I'm still going back and forth with these Mets fans. We're having. And again, I'm not well, saying that you can't be question. upset. Do you hate Mets fans or do you hate Puerto Ricans? That's really where we need to we need to figure this out, Jared. Who who are you really? I don't think at? fans of Puerto Rico were saying anything negative. It was all Mets fans. Okay, all right. I'm, I I just wanted to get that out, get that cleared up. Mets fans were having the worst takes. I think of the uh, if you can still call it the off season, the worst takes of the off season belong to Mets fans. Uh, on one hand, yes. Because we get a lot of Mets fans that listen. And I'm sure that even more Mets fans will, will might listen to this show in particular if they're not listening every week. But these Mets fans, yes, you have a right to be upset. No one's, no one's trying to take your right to be upset away from you. So the, what That's they, a big blow. So the, what are they we, don't, we still about? at this. It's, it's March 16th. It's Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So the, what's the wrong at, take? What's the worst take at, about it? at the time of this recording? We do not know the extent of Edwin Diaz's injury, but it looks pretty bad. He had to be helped off the field. He got carried off in a wheelchair. Couldn't even be carried. Uh, he, he, he was helped off in a wheelchair. We don't know the extent. I heard patella. 
I was told the patella last night. Um, that's neither confirmed nor denied. I don't know, but it didn't look good. Certainly doesn't seem good. But the Mets fans that want to attack the World Baseball Classic because of this, stop. Stop. Like, if you're a Mets fan, obviously you've had a, a long history of bad things happening to you where you can look up at the sky and think that the baseball gods have it out for you because some of the stuff, some of the bad stuff that happens to the Mets and their fans would just seem like we've been targeted. We've been targeted by the higher powers. And I, like, I, I can't put myself in that position. I'm sure if I was in that position, I wouldn't feel great about it. I would think that someone was out to get me as well. But where I draw the line are the Mets fans. Some of them being, I don't know, people that we know. Maybe it's Kevin Clancy. Some of these people saying, fuck the World Baseball Classic. It's a meaningless tournament. Get it off my TV. Blow it up. I never want to see it again. Fail to realize that Edwin Diaz, to, back to Joey's point a couple of episodes ago, when it's like, no one, name one guy that's gotten hurt in the World Baseball Classic. It's like, well, you finally got it. He got hurt not even in the game. He got hurt jumping up and down afterwards. And it's like, oh, well, you know, why was he jumping up and down? If it weren't for the World Baseball Classic, if he was just pitching in a regular spring training game for the Mets, then uh, he's not jumping up and down in a spring training game. And then we disproved that as well. There are actual videos of the Mets practicing, celebrating like Puerto Rico did last night in spring training. Like, oh, that was a different manager. Buck Showalter never would have done that. All right, fine. You don't think that a pitcher uh, is doing some cardio in the gym? He could have had sustained the exact same injury doing fucking jumping jacks, doing jump rope. Any one of those exercises Box that wasn't like a yeah, it's just it, it is ridiculous to blame the World Baseball Classic. And I'm, I'm still saying I get it. Like when something like that happens, a freak accident, a fluke injury, you look to the sky for any reason at all to blame because it's just you're left with the pieces. You're like, why did this happen to us? We just gave him a five-year deal for $102 million. We have all this excitement and hype around the New York Mets that's been building for years, not just this year, but even more so this year. And this is how you start your season. So I, I get it. Steve Cohen was supposed to be the savior. He comes in, he changes the culture from the Will Ponds, and you're spending money and you're winning all these baseball games. You're adding superstars. It's supposed to be exciting, but you still can't escape that it, you know, the, the oh, it's the same old Mets where bad things happen to us and no one knows why. Yeah. Don't blame the World Baseball Classic. No. Mike just... Trout and Mookie Betts sat up there last night after the game and said, do not blame the World Baseball Classic. That was a freak accident. Could have happened to anybody. And because I, I want to spend a lot of the show talking about all the cool shit that's been happening in the World Baseball Classic. I don't need Mets fans out here spreading a false narrative that they're just exhibition games that no one gives a fuck about. Well, that's just well, not true. Well, time out. Mm, that isn't true because it, the USA doesn't care. So, for the so, most then, part. so then your statement is not true. And, and that's the, that's, that's not true. No, the, it is true. That's the say, grappling that, match. Like the world baseball classes is, is exciting and there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. That's true. That is true. The idea that it means something to everyone is not true. And, well, and you can't tell you can't tell me that it doesn't mean something to the players. But you're and not, we're going to get into that. Fucking who, who Adam Wainwright to? himself tweeted me. He tweeted me a couple days ago to tell me about how much all those guys care. Yeah, no, you're not telling. Come on, who are you talking to? 
you don't have to convince me. I'm the one who has been trying to tell people since we've been doing a podcast together that the vibe you get internationally in the game of baseball is a vibe like you will never, ever get ever anywhere ever. That rang true the minute I said it. It rang true the minute I experienced it myself firsthand, and it will always remain true. Always. You can watch videos upon videos on the internet, interviews with players talking about what it means. There's a video going around, you know, trying to compare the WBC atmosphere and the World Series atmosphere. And for a lot of the folks internationally, they're saying, do you understand the pride that comes along with wearing my country's name across my chest? and performing internationally for my country. Like, you know, there's guys talking about that's the real World Series because it's my country versus that country, and it's our country's best playing against each other, not one city versus another city in America. So, like, the whole vibe internationally has always superseded what we feel about our country and sport here in America. Just a fact. And this stage, the WBC, puts that on full display. Because of what we're talking about, an international superstar in Edwin Diaz is now hurt. And his team in America is going to suffer, the city, the New York Metropolitans. And I promise you, you go back and look through those videos, you saw his brother weeping, crying about what was, you know, what the future looks like. Folks on that team feeling the same emotional, uh, you know, distraught. Like, that's a huge, huge deal huge deal. And then we look at Shohei Otani, who we've all just dubbed a half a billion dollar man. And he's every day putting that half a billion dollar potential on the line, really twofold, because he's going up there with a bat in his hand and he's taking the mound. So you're watching other international superstars sort of, you know, bypass or look beyond the potential risk that you inherit every time you put a pair of spikes on and saying, I want to go perform for my country. I want to play with my countrymen and I want to play on this stage because it does mean something to me and it means something to our culture. We just don't have that here. That's a fact. Um, the tweet that I was referring to from Adam Wainwright, this was two days ago. I tweeted. I wish more of USA's best pitchers decided to play in the World Baseball Classic. I get they want to save their bullets for the teams that are paying them, but selfishly, I wish more said fuck it and did it and did it anyway. Shohei Otani is about to get a half a billion dollar contract and he's out there. Adam Wainwright responded, I hear you, Jared Carabas. I can tell you this. A few of our best pitchers wanted to be here and teams or insurance wouldn't allow it. The men you see competing for our great country want to be here with all their hearts. We're having the time of our lives. Having USA on my jersey is one of the highlights of my entire life, and I know my teammates feel the same way. The pride and honor we feel to rep our country is immeasurable. We'll try to make you and our whole country proud. Being here is something every player should experience. So I, I think last night, USA... Um, versus Colombia, they won it three to two. That might have been the first time that I saw uh, a Team USA crowd uh, make it so that it didn't feel like a spring training game. Like obviously, like Joey had the tweet 
what was it again, Joe? The 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 Korea Japan numbers sixty three million. Sick, yeah. Fifty four million. The nineteen Japan versus Korea reached sixty three million viewers last week. The most watched World Series game ever was fifty four million in nineteen eighty. So obviously these other countries are are taking it serious. And if you're sitting there saying that it's just an exhibition game and Edwin Diaz got hurt for nothing and the tournament doesn't mean anything, why was he jumping up and down in the first place? What was he so excited about if it doesn't mean anything, if it's just an exhibition game? No one can answer that question. Well, it's, I mean, no, it's so, we're talking about two different answer. perspectives, right? We're talking about the perspective yeah. of the player, which we have established absolutely means something to lots of these guys, including Edwin Diaz specifically. And then there's the Mets fans who are the ones who have a problem with it. And I think this is a good example of like sometimes your problem or things that happen to you are not everybody's problem. And sometimes things that happen are not comments on the institution as a whole. Like this is an isolated one off unfortunate scenario and i get that mets fans are disappointed but this is like this is not a commentary on the viability of the wbc moving forward as far as i'm concerned and i don't really like they can bitch and moan all they want but this is it's 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 ignorant to even entertain it what's entertaining it's no i said it's ignorant Oh yeah, even entertain it. That's well, that's also, why I don't even I don't have anything to say on the topic because I I'm not going to do that to myself. Well, I'm not going to do that to any of you. We're all intelligent enough to understand that the WBC isn't why Edwin Diaz is hurt. The energy surrounding the competition and the freakishness that's just a roll of the dice. That's what happened. But the W like I, I just I can't even. Yeah, it's not for me. It's not even worth the fucking energy. I think the I think one of the things that's going on with the WBC, which is why you get so many dis, like such disparity in some of the conversation and tone about it, is because it the the tournament itself and the people running it and participating. There's a lot of mixed messages being sent because you have you have what Jared's talking about with the Puerto Rico excitement and Shohei Otani on the verge of becoming a half-billion-dollar player and being out there. You have the international appeal and why it's wise for Major League Baseball to do this, to get the first player that's, that truly has the opportunity to be a cultural breakthrough icon in front of even more international eyes. And then you contrast that with some of the attitudes of U.S. pitchers, the fact that the sport has decided that the biggest games are going to be placed on FS1. Like, there are a lot of mixed messaging here in terms of this is important to us. It's not important to us. It's a priority. It's not a priority. So like I, I've really enjoyed what I've watched of it, but I, I do understand that like there's a lot of conflicting agendas and perspectives on this tournament, depending on where you're from and what your motivations well, are. Well, all of it. Ha- this is again, like I hate to just be so like, ah, it's, it's really all it is here, but it's real. It's the money, the money aspect of every bit of this. Why are certain players not performing? Why are certain, we can boil it down to money and commitment to a certain franchise, right? And then what is going on? Why is it on FS1, Jay? Hey, do, do you want to start with money? Would you like to start with money? Would you like to start with sponsorship? Could we start with money? And could we end with sponsorship? And then maybe when we're done with the sponsorship stuff, could we end with money? Because I think that's where we're going to end. 
So, like, again, I think it's ignorant to even entertain the, I wonder why it's happening like this. No, we don't. Fucking stop it. We all know why it's happening like this. I think once we move beyond that, though, we have to start trying to figure out where the effort should be applauded. Because we could spend a lifetime and we could spend every day just pointing out what I just pointed out and just going and being lazy and falling back on, well, it's all about sponsorships and money. It is what it is. Yes, that is what it is. But what are the positives being brought out from the WBC? And I think slowly but surely, I, I, I think I would love to see this tournament take on the characteristics of what the World Cup would mean, right? I think that's sort of the end game because what other sport do you have? Like, you know, okay, you have the Olympics, but I'm talking about like the fo- football doesn't have this, right? The NBA doesn't have this. They have the Olympics. So for the WBC to hold its place in the you know international stage, uh, I think we have to really start trying to figure out how we get over complaining about the little stuff that we're kind of talking about right now. Like, where is the bigger impact made? And for me, I don't see another way to make the bigger impact other than to start to chip away at the institution of the financial aspect of this because you have the game's biggest players from every other corner of the earth playing in this tournament. So let me ask you guys this question. The, the TV numbers in Japan are outrageous, stupid, like 46% of households were watching the, the Japan world baseball classic games. I think that obviously a large chunk of those people are still watching. How much of the ratings do you attribute to, Team Japan having the greatest baseball player arguably who ever lived on their team. How much of that is the Shohei factor when you look across the board? Because the only ratings viewership numbers that I see are are involved with Japan. I don't see any viewership I, numbers. I see attendance numbers I would for comfortably, some of these games. comfortably tell you that half of that is for Shohei. No. So, all right. So then off of that. Wait, Joey no, disagrees. No, nah, the 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 WBC final in 2006 against Japan and Cuba got 60 million viewers. 60? Yeah, and that was like the most watched game that's they've had. Oh, yeah, okay, that's I the finals. That's, that's our, the finals. That's the finals. As of but right the run now, up, the run up was like was like close. I mean, it, I mean, Shohei's a big part, but not half. But like Japan versus Korea, it's always been insane ratings since the first tournament. It's up there, like 40% of the country's watching it. I would argue Shohei's a greater pull for people outside of that country. Like people, I think, I think Shohei is pulling in more, I don't know what the numbers say, but I think he would be pulling in more people from the United States to watch that wouldn't otherwise be watching particularly oh, yeah. Japan like, like, games than, than he's doing for Japan, who would probably, yeah, but jo- I, I, to Joey's thinking- point, we're already watching. Yeah, I, I would say I'm just saying if there's 46 percent, and again, I didn't have those numbers that Joey had in front of me about the you know 2006 run, but I, I I still believe like you could I would say confidently that you could almost double the attraction just because of Shohei. Am I wrong in suggesting that? And again, it's been six years, so maybe my memory's off, and Twitter's a different place than it was back then, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, it feels like a win in and of itself, the level of conversation that is existing around the WBC in 2023 relative to what I remember happening in any previous edition of the tournament. So like put away like to Dallas's point about forget about the little stuff. 
Let's focus on the big stuff. Like that to me is maybe the biggest win that we have going is that whether it's Otani, the DR lineup, people, people loving and complaining about the United States, whatever it is, to me, the conversation is much more robust than it's ever been before. And that, to me, is a great sign for what the tournament is moving forward, whether or not it features Shohei or the next great Japanese player or the next, you know, the next amazing uh, Dominican Republic lineup or whatever. That's very positive, I think. I would agree with that. I, I think for me personally, I remember writing in like 2016, like I don't I can't get into the World Baseball Classic. Can't do it. I remember the first one, 2006. Like I have, I have the jersey over there. I've worn it on this podcast. I was very into the inaugural World Baseball Classic, and then, uh, you know, then Japan goes back to back, and I'm like, all right, is, is Japan just going to win this every year? Like, is everyone just going to get outclassed by Japan? Then you see new blood, and then 2017 happens, and it changes everything. And it's not just because I'm from the United States, and the United States won the World Baseball Classic. I just think that the, uh the players themselves started to care more because when you fall into that gray area of how, why am I supposed to care if they don't care? Exactly. And you kind of got that vibe when, when some guys were like, yeah, I don't want to go. And then the, the turning point, I don't want to put it all on one guy, but 2017 was by far the best competition in a world baseball classic, but you still had some of the best of the best turning away the tournament. And then you hear a guy like Mike Trout who admitted that he regretted not going and then backed that up by going in 2023. And not only did he go last night uh, was three for three and drove in all three of team USA's runs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like having it's, it's not quite the Shohei effect, but, and we're going to talk about the, the Mike Trout thing is, is sort of like a separate topic here because I've got some um, interesting audio that I want to run by. But having Mike Trout be a part of this, have him be invested in this, and have him perform and show emotion in this, that's a draw. It's not. It's a different draw than Shohei Otani in start, Japan. When, we, when this thing first came about, I looked at it like I was. I mean, I was as pumped day one as I am now, if not more so now. And it was because I looked at it like, like Mortal Kombat. You're getting an invitation to go to the fucking shadow realm and defend humanity. You know, okay, maybe not humanity, but your country. All right? Your country. And so get fucking pumped about that. It's like Willy Wonka. You got the golden ticket. You're getting, but even better, because it's not just chance. You were picked. You were handpicked to go and represent the country. We're taking our best against every other best that the world has to offer and we're about to boogie down do you want to be a part of that and when the response is like ah you know i've got to i i gotta be honest i got i got switzerland booked up uh in a in a you know it's not it's just something that's not on my it's like fuck really like you don't even care you don't even care and what fans want to gravitate towards are guys like shohei who are stripping it down and saying yeah I got the money to be made. I got the future right ahead of me. We all know what's going on here. But what I want to do is I want to throw down with my boys. I don't care about an award. I don't care about a big, huge, fat paycheck at the end of this. I don't care what I do get or don't get if I participate in this. What I want is the pride. That's what I want. And folks 
can just rally around people who cast aside, you know, potential gain, potential personal benefit for what they perceive as the greater good. And their greater good would be the team, the country. And so that's what this tournament is supposed to represent. That's the type of players that people want to cheer for. And when you hear Adam Wainwright say what he says, that's how each and every one of those individuals in that room feels. And that's where the attention should be. Quit talking about the people who don't want to be a part of it. Leave them out of the conversation. Celebrate the ones who care enough to put all of these perceived potential gains aside so that they can wear the red, white, and blue. I disagree. I think we got to shame them and just talk <laughs> shit. Absolutely Any pitcher not. who turns it down, get in their mentions, find their address, maybe not find their address, write a letter, don't show up. No, see, like those are people like them. those are people that you don't want in the foxhole. Those are people that you do not want in the foxhole. Yeah. They're second you, guessing. I mean, they're looking for a way out. They're looking for a way out. No, no, that they can't find a reason why it means something to them. So then I don't need you here. I don't want you here. I could use a couple more good guys in there. <laughs> Whether they want to be there or not, I think it would be weird to see Scherzer in it and then him not care. And That's one pitch. dude that I honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, like, I would just love to hear, you know, I'm not saying why, why, but I, I, I would want, cause I'm, I'm sure there's a, a thought process behind it. Like I've said, like, like, why don't we have a lot of the guys? What did I, I, I tweeted this out the other day. Health. And future earnings. What what is it? 22? 22 people received Cy Young votes last year. Right? 22 people received Cy Young votes. Not one of those pitchers is on the roster. It's not crazy. One. It's not like one out of the top 20 pitchers from USA on the team. Just based right. on war. Last year's war. And when you look at when you look at that detailed there's four or five guys who have gotten a large chunk of change who have gotten paid, right? So you would look at them and go, well, why aren't you interested? Well, some of those same guys have an injury history to consider and are on deals where should you, I don't know, blow out the WBC and not be able to pitch for your team? You would probably feel bad about that. Your team probably wouldn't appreciate that. So there's probably an extended conversation with those guys. Now let's shift gears to some of the younger guys on that Cy Young list that I just mentioned. Those guys have future earnings to consider. So what if they were to go into that same WBC and have something horrific happen where their future earning capability has now been uh, now been affected? Well, I'm curious to know is because you could say this obviously this is true. And these are the reasons people aren't playing, but you could say this about any pitcher on any yes. country and they're yes. still playing. Yes. So I don't know. Obviously, I think other countries, there's way more pressure from fans and yes. from the country themselves. Yes. And yes. if they don't play, they get shit on. That happened to yes. uh, Yu Chang in Taiwan, yes. said he wasn't going to play. Everyone came after him. He played and he won MVP. And I think he got signed because of it. Or maybe he was already no, signed. No, he he's with the Red Sox. Was he signed before that? Yeah. Okay, but still, it worked out. Guy was crying. It was electric. That doesn't happen in the U.S. But I don't know. Is it? Do you think it's the team pressure? It's a conversation. It's a combination. It's a combination of your your camp, your representation, everybody telling you, "Look, 
the nut here at the WBC is not worth what the future holds for you. All right. It's just not worth it. So let's wait until you're in a little more comfortable position financially for us to say, eh, what happens if we, if we get set back six to eight weeks, cause there's some fatigue or whatever. And, and we're not in a, a pre-platform year or a platform year heading into arbitration or heading into free agency. Let's make sure we're going about this wisely. That's the conversation because those people have money to consider, right? They want to get paid as well, the representation. So what do you got to do? You got to protect your asset. Who's your asset? Your athlete. And I know. What is the athlete? I mean, well, that's just, that's the reality of it. It's reality. But like I, in my head, it's like, how, what more of a risk is pitching the WBC? It's got, it's like probably barely any risk. So, so that's pitching a, in spring training. Well, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great segue, I think, to another conversation uh, because there, there was a moment in time in the game that John Smoltz said something very interesting that uh, if you were listening, he was basically messaging to the fans and to people listening uh, how difficult of a job it is for Mark DeRosa and really anybody on that staff to handle the puzzle that is pitching. And that's how it was referred to because there are so many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to what a pitcher needs to do to get ready. Uh, if you got him up and he executed this many throws in the bullpen, well, as an organization, we consider this to have been active. We consider that an up and down. So if you do that once, he's got to be in the game the next time, blah, 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 blah. You're getting all of these instructions that you have to follow. Each guy has protocol that comes with them. That is ridiculously hard to try to navigate. That's super tough. So it's not like he has the ability or the flexibility to just go, yeah, let me give you for three. I'm going to get three from you. And then uh, I want you to be ready. If you, It's just not that easy. It's not that easy. And John Smoltz wanted to make sure that people understood that. You know what makes it even less easy? Picking a manager who's never managed a game before. If it's that challenging, why don't we put somebody that's going to put the team in a position to succeed as opposed to a guy who watched baseball on TV and mock managed from his couch. Sometimes the manager is, can be a, a detriment in other ways because um, depending on who the manager was in the past, I know that players have turned down going to the world baseball classic because they didn't want to play for the manager, which managers. I'm not going to name names, but I know that that's happened. Well, I will say this about, you think people do that? I don't know about that. I'm not sold on DeRosa. He needs to prove, prove, prove something. I know he's got his hands tied and he's got to play. He's got to play. But I don't know. I don't like, I don't like how they interview him during the games. And he's like, oh, we got this. <laughs> we can do it. Let me what see. What do you want him to say? Because, dude, they shouldn't interview him during the game. But it's like, I don't know, man. DeRosa, it seems like he wants to be friends with the players too much. Like, he wants the players to love him, and he's like, guy, come on, guys. Well, you, well, you, well, look, you have I'm to think about it this way. When, no. Like, Mark DeRosa is not going to go into a big league <laughs> dugout when this is over. He's going to go back into the MLB Network studio where he has to talk about these guys on TV. Yep. So he can't just, like, shit on them and, <laughs> and then be like, all right, go get him, Skip. And he's like, all right, well, I, didn't you just say that I fucking sucked on MLB Network like three well, weeks ago? You see what he's doing with Tim Anderson, right? The freaking PR shit he's doing with Tim. And Tim Anderson's going off. But him talking shit about Tim Anderson like five years ago in the bat flip, 
I mean, and you could see him ob- as soon as this tournament started. He's like, yo, Tim's my favorite player. He's a beast. He's a dog. I don't remember him talking shit. <laughs> yeah, the he famous the famous bat flip uh, controversy. Mark DeRosa has like the ones the one soundbite people keep playing. Like he did a whole thing about how he wasn't wasn't really with the bat flip. <laughs> I don't. I didn't <laughs> see that. Times change, Joe. Yeah, people I mean, change. hey, I don't want to be too hard on DeRosa, but, uh, but I don't know uh, what t- you guys think about the vibe of the team. Do you think they're a little? I guess the games haven't been that great for the U.S. Like they've kind of been limping around, but it doesn't. I don't know. Is the energy really there? I think Team USA. I, I think what you saw last night is uh, like a good example of when the guys start to play ball the way that they, the way that their skill set should allow them to. That's what I tweeted. Like the one-two combo of Mookie and Trout, though, because you're watching those dudes do exactly what guys like them. That's what makes those dudes so fucking good is each one of those guys could probably have gotten a little bit of a better swing off in account, but what they did was cut the swing down, took exactly what the game and the other team was giving them, which was the entire right side of the field, pitching them as such, and you watched both of those dudes click in very early very early and execute exactly the way they needed to offensively. And you have a lineup chock full of dudes like that. And so when the games really start to become of magnitude and really start to matter, which is funny to say, because last night they were on the verge of fucking going home, right? You lose Columbia, you go home. And it wasn't an overall exciting game. It hasn't been a holy shit. I can't, I, I can't go to the fridge right now because this is happening kind of atmosphere. It just hasn't. You've said it, Joe. They kind of limped around. But, um, you know, this next round here, this is where this is where the stakes are even higher. Well, I think that's the main problem is that psychologically the U.S. has, like, so much more to lose than to gain. Where if it's like, if it's a close game, it's like, we what the fuck are we doing? We're, we're, we're terrible. We should be winning by 10 runs instead of being like, oh, shit, we can do this. Well, it, it does feel... It does feel like the U.S. at times has put themselves in a lose-lose sort of situation because you talk about how, oh, we're the best at baseball, and there's a lot of other countries who are like, no, you're not. It's not even close, really. We're a lot better than you. And so we're saying, all right, we'll play this tournament, um, but we're not going to bring all of our best players. So like, that's why a lot of people have an issue with U.S. fans because it, it it's like, oh, you guys are using this built-in crutch where if you lose no big deal you don't care about the tournament it's not a big deal you don't even bring your best players but if you win oh well you should because you're so great at this sport and blah 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 blah. and so i can i can see why there's uh why, why there's some lingering stench around u.s fans when it comes to the wbc um mark de rosa in 2019 said quote i hate things like the tim anderson thing I'm here to tell you, America. If TA bat flipped on L lighter like that, he'd have 900. He'd have 99 out of 100 guys blessing to undress him his next at bat. And then he said, uh, "They talked Team USA manager Mark DeRosa on bat flips." Quote: Me and Tim Anderson have discussed that. We really have. I'm into it. <laughs> if done the right way. 
I have a 13-year-old son who wants to bat flip to the moon when he goes deep. So, I mean, I love D-Row. I, uh, I, I was honestly surprised to see that he wasn't into it the first time around. Like, that just seems like out of character for D-Row. No, that's totally in character for D-Row because of how he came up in the game, where he came up in the game, who he came up under in the game. Like he said, th- th- that's his real intent is the first statement that he made. That's where he came from. That's the school he came from. What he's telling you now is a combination of probably taking a step back, understanding where the game is headed, how the game is played now, and being able to find a a space in which he understands excitement. And also it's not pointed directly at the opposition because when we were coming up, Jared, any, any emotion like that is a direct fuck you directly to mm-hmm. you. It's fuck you. And if it's fuck you to my guy, then it's fuck you. And now it's on. And there's no other question. Yeah. I I get that. But like that, it, I guess that would have been not as surprising if you would ask D row when he was a player, but that far into his media tenure, uh, career. I, it just doesn't seem like a, a take that he would have. So I'm glad he switched it up, though. I mean, like it, it is what it is. I, I don't think that any any fan that's that's seeking out baseball content uh, to the effect of like MLB Network and podcasts and stuff. I don't know that that fan is looking to hear like fuck bat flips. Like I don't know that the the audience that's looking for digital baseball content is is down with that mindset. So. Um, but you got to be down with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Massachusetts residents were legal now. First legal bet was the Boston Red Sox making the postseason. <laughs> they, what are you yeah. laughing at? No, I just got texted. Did you get like <laughs> from who? I was hilarious, man. <laughs> uh, can you read it? Pull it up. The text? Yeah. Oh, no, man. It's something else. <laughs> oh, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. I must have read it again. Yeah. Was it from someone that I know? or It's from Corey Kluber. Oh, Klubot. He said he, he, he said he's starting uh, opening day. I was like, what? Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's funny? Yeah. He's a prankster, brother. Yeah. No, he actually is starting on opening day. Wait. Yeah. Oh, then bet on the Red Sox. Playoffs yeah. Sure. Yeah. Plus 300 right now just to make it there. Are you ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from the DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. You got to go to the app, opt in, place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Dallas, you you, you doing any uh, NCAA? dabbling this uh march madness oh uh, yeah go sun devils 
Woo! Yeah, ASU, baby. Uh, go, go Tech, too. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, I prefaced that Mike Trout audio earlier in the program. And uh, I just... I just wanted to. I just wanted to play it. I just, I just wanted you guys to hear it, just in case you didn't hear it. But it was. Uh, it's pretty interesting. It's with uh, Ken Rosenthal. Well, I just want to get the date right. A couple days ago. Pressure on yourself. You know, just go out there, and have some fun. That's what we told ourselves. You know, be yourself. Just go out there and just dominate. You know, it, it was fun tonight. Who said the funniest thing in the clubhouse that got you guys relaxed today? The funniest, it's got to be Schwarber. Schwarber's, Schwarber's the funniest dude I've ever met. So he's, uh, he keeps everybody loose, you know, everybody. And, uh, you know, we got a group chat going. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. So it finally, Mike, to hit a home run for Team USA and hear this crowd behind you. Yeah, no, was there a moment where you said, this is why I'm playing? Yeah, no. It, yeah, I was just talking to Ken about this. this is, it's the most fun I've had on a baseball field in a while. If all, at, at, at everything, you know, it's just, uh, I'm enjoying this. Um, you know, obviously when I signed up, I was really excited. But being here in front of the crowd, you know, chanting USA when, you know, in the ninth inning and, you know, hitting a homer and seeing the guys all fired up in the dugout, this uh, means a lot to me and just everything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's a beast. I'm just saying that uh, that pre-tournament take that Mike Trout is going to get a little taste of the big moment of the big stage. He's gonna be chasing that dragon until he until he catches the tail. And I don't know if that means that he's gonna ask out of Anaheim or if he's gonna go upstairs and say, You guys need to build me a fucking winner. Enough is enough. I need more of this. Something's gotta give. There's no way Mike Trout experiences world baseball classic uh big moments that he's right at the epicenter of. He's not just along for the ride, he's he's like right at the epicenter of it. There's no way that he experiences all that and then just goes back to Angels baseball. And and I said like he had a big hit the other night and I tweeted the highlight. I was like this might be like the the best thing that we get in turn if you're looking for like big Mike Trout moments. And Angels fans, come on. Get a fucking grip, dude. Angels fans <laughs> that are tweeting me in response to that being like Mike Trout went to the playoffs, didn't you know that? He went he went to the playoffs 10 fucking years ago, did not have a big moment at all. No one remembers Mike Trout in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been there. It was a long time ago. It was wildly insignificant. If you're holding your hat on the one time that Mike Trout got 15 fucking plate appearances in, in the first round of the playoffs, get the fuck out of here. 
And then I've got people being like, well, you obviously didn't pay attention to the offseason the Angels had. If you really think that this is <laughs> if this is going to be the only big moment that Mike Trout has in the postseason. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are the what are the Angels odds to to make the fucking playoffs this year in the DraftKings Sportsbook? They can't be that great. I can't imagine that they're a horrific. They're not like Oakland A's bad, Whoa. but they're definitely not like favorable. <laughs> You're not looking at those odds saying, yeah, let me throw down some money on the halos. No, you're not. And the reality no. is exactly what we've all said it was going to be when the rosters were announced. And we saw that Shohei, we knew what Shohei was going to do because you have the, and I mean, should we, could we be so fortunate to see a Japan-U.S. game square off in which Shohei Otani is facing Mike Trout and it just comes down and they have that historical moment for them and then their entire career is just talked about how, oh yeah, well, remember that time we were playing against each other, but now we're on the same team and it's another another 82-win season. Currently, uh, the Japan Eagles are... USA final. <clears throat> Sorry. No, I didn't say anything good. What were you going to say? I was just going to follow up on Jared's kind of question comment. The Angels are plus 175 to make the playoffs and minus 205 to not make the playoffs. So uh, DraftKings is saying much more likely to not make the playoffs. But yeah. it could happen. It could. Yeah. It could happen. It's on the table. Yep. Right now it is on the table. But I feel like I feel like I have I've I've had a complicated relationship with Mike Trout uh, as a as a baseball personality. I feel like if you go through my my years of Mike Trout takes, it's almost like like you're. I'm not angry. At yes, the you player. are. Player, you've been angry. I'm not angry. I'm not. Yes, you I'm have. Not angry at the player. I am angry at the situation. It's. Not the same thing. I'm angry that me, as a baseball fan, I want to see the best players on the biggest stage. I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. I want to see, and it's not so much like, oh, I, I want him to get a ring. If he does or he doesn't, it really doesn't have an impact on my life whatsoever. But as a baseball fan, I, I get an extra layer of enjoyment. Like watching Mike Trout hit homers during the regular season is cool. Like I enjoy that, but seeing him show emotion and passion and, and having this excitement, like having him come up big in a big spot that does something for me personally that I can't get from a regular season game. The angels don't really have like a rival. Like it's not like, Oh man, like it's, it's fuck. It's a Friday night in July, but we got Red Sox, Yankees and Mike Trout just hit a fucking grand slam to, to win the game. Like the angels don't have a, a rival that you can tune in for a regular season game to even come close to faking your, your brain into thinking that you're watching a playoff game. Like I, I just want to see it. And I feel like we've kind of gotten a taste of it with the world baseball classic. I, I, I don't think that it's a, I guess it could be a tease, but I've been satisfied watching Mike Trout do Mike Trout things in the World Baseball Classic. Like I, I've enjoyed that a lot, and I have to imagine that he's enjoyed it a lot too. He just told you that in the interview with, with uh, JP Morosi. So I don't know. 
I, I well, you could see it. You could see it on his. This isn't it. You could see it on I his teammates' fans or on his teammates' faces. He fucking laced that triple, and like everybody on the top step, you could just see like just had this like smile on their face. Like that's that's fucking Mike Trout. That's like that's of course he just comes up and it's a fucking triple, right? Like that just standard stuff. Well, how many times can you recall Mike Trout showing emotion, like? Having a big base hit, like on a single, you, having a big base hit, going back to his first base coach and slapping his hands so hard, his fucking first base coach probably like has his fingers are tingling. Well, it, like, because we don't get to see that. Like I want to see that because I think there also comes a certain level of uh, expectation when he's on the Halos, right? When he's playing for the Halos, it's almost like, uh, well, if I don't do this, who else is gonna and. I'm expected to do this, but the WBC I'm pumped because I've got a lot of dudes who are high caliber like myself that can do this job. And if I'm doing this and they're coming behind me and they're going to do this, like he's feeling the excitement of being on a juggernaut and that's pumping him up because he knows that winning is a byproduct of being surrounded with talent, talent that makes you competitive. And that is what he has been asking for for a decade in Anaheim. And as I have said time and time again, the misguided effort and the misguided collection of talent has continued to fall short. And that has allowed the frustration to mount. And we are absolutely at the precipice of whether or not Mike Trout is going to want to remain a halo. And should we see any noise start to come of that? The last time the Angels made the playoffs, the rotation was fronted by Jared Weaver and C.J. Wilson, and the closer was Houston. So, been a while. Been a minute. See? But I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole for for saying, you know, when Mike Trout is showing emotion, running around the bases, saying, this might be as close as we get. And then I've got Angels fans being like, "This is lazy. This is a lazy joke." You uh, people have made this joke a thousand times. Oh, Mike Trout doesn't get to play. I'm like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Like I, I'm seeing Mike Trout get excited on a baseball field for like the first time, and I love it. So I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm also looking at it on the other side of like, I better enjoy this because like I don't know if I'm gonna get this in October. I don't know. And the World Baseball Classic is not every year. And who knows if he's going to play next time? I don't know that. So, I don't know. How can he not? He's Captain America. Bro, he stole a base against Great Britain. Mm, he he, he did. didn't steal. He never steals. I don't know. But love I just... Love it. I don't know. I, I just... I want... I'm, I'm, it's, it's fun to be able to... I'm not saying I don't normally root for Mike Trout. Like, I just, I, I can't. No, you questioned, you have, you've continuously questioned his commitment to the game of baseball and his unwillingness to market himself. You have. Well, that's true because he, he's openly said that. Like, I haven't needed to question that. He's openly addressed that. He doesn't care to market himself. But, like. And that's why you hate him. It's, I don't hate him. It's the difference of, like, I will see him hit a home run and be like, that's cool. But you don't, like, root for him because who cares like it, mm-hmm. it it's it's the fucking tweet of like oh yeah like Shohei Otani 
Mike Trout combined for seven home runs and whatever, and the Angels lose. It's like you're not rooting for the Angels. You're rooting for the player. Like, I want to see Mike Trout do well, but at what point have the Angels been in a position where it's like, man, if Mike Trout just comes through here, like, this could be big for the Angels. <laughs> like, it just it hasn't happened. Yeah, and it also goes back to the question where it's like, yeah, he's the best player, but, like, in the most meaningless games ever where it doesn't really matter. And even in the first game against Great Britain, when he was getting like when Worley was just fooling him on right down the middle, and he was striking out. There was I think Jay Hay made a tweet. I don't know. Trout looks a little nervous, a little sluggy. Pressure's on Trout. Come on, man. Country needs mm. you. And to watch him pull through, yeah, is a fun thing to see, man. I can't. I want to see him play Japan so bad, dude. Yeah. That would well, be the, that would be the biggest baseball game of all time in terms of viewership. I guarantee you that. USA Japan? Oh I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Fuck sure yes. Japan's game against Korea was the most watched baseball game of all time. I'm not even I can't prove that. I can, you can only go off like Google and Forbes and I don't know, but like pretty good chance that was. If USA plays Japan in the final and it breaks some sort of viewership record, that is going to be 93% because of Japan. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, like I said, I'm, they've already the broken fucking, it. The, the, the fan, like if you watch these games, Puerto Rico DR, which we'll get to, and I, I don't want to, but we will. Those fans were going fucking nuts. DR fans, Venezuela fans, Puerto Rico fans, obviously the fans in Japan. Uh, plenty of these fan bases are taking the World Baseball Classic very seriously. The United States, we, we don't give a fuck. Like, I, I know that if you're listening to this, don't take offense to this, because if you're listening, you're obviously a diehard baseball fan. You probably do give a fuck. But There's, in the grand scheme of things, we're talking like overall the country. You can't sit there and tell me that 46 fucking million people in Japan that are watching this game, they all are like diehard baseball fans. No, like this event transcends sport. For them in Japan, well, it's, Japan, it's the, cultural. Baseball's their fucking the United sport. States, it's not that way. The, uh, the 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 other layer to this is there's a there's a competitive uh, there's a competitive aspect to the Latin American countries and sort of being the best Latin American country at baseball and the Asian countries being the, the best. Caribbean series is fucking lit. Asian country at baseball. The, the, and and that's that's something else that you have to consider is who does America feel they're competing with? And when I say that, I'm not saying that like we don't have competition. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying it feels like America doesn't sort of take offense to anybody else saying they're the best. Right, America's not rubbed the wrong way by shit like that, but buddy, let me tell you, you tell a you tell a Dominican teammate that his Venezuelan teammates better than him, we're gonna have problems. Yeah, they're, they're gonna they're I gonna, think they're gonna want to talk about that. Also, I I made the observation last night during uh, DR Puerto Rico, but Christian Vasquez hit a home run in the first oh inning. Oh my god, the fucking. The scream and, and he he showed more emotion oh. I mean, as a Red Sox fan. I've seen, I don't know, 
now that he's been to Houston and now Minnesota, but he hasn't even played for Minnesota yet. Uh, I've seen 99% of his career plate appearances. He's never shown that much emotion on a home run. And this dude has won a World Series twice uh, and had a couple of walk-off hits in the postseason. That was animalistic. Uh, Yeah. Christian Vasquez, he's a very passionate guy. He's a very emotional guy. Um, But, you know, just talking to Alex Cora about stuff like this, they fucking are so passionate to represent their home countries. And I'm again, I'm not saying that the guys from the United States aren't. I'm saying that the fans of the United States do not just, give a just fuck as much as these other countries. Put it like this. There is a line of players waiting, begging, hoping to get the invitation from any one of those other countries. And there is a list of players who have turned down the invitation to play for the United States. Yeah. That's, those are facts. Those are facts. Those are facts. And, and was it, was it you, Joey, that, ha- that said the top 20 pitchers in wins above replacement last year, not one of them is on the team? Uh, it's one, I think. One, who's the one? Uh, I can pull it up. Yeah, one, one top 20 war pitcher from last year and not a single <laughs> of the 22 Cy Young vote-getting pitchers from last year are on was the team. One. It's Daniel Bard. Daniel Bard. A guy, who, guy. <laughs> a guy who, when you think about his career and given the opportunity to, to throw the fucking stars and stripes on, said absolutely. Yeah. Fuck yes. That's a guy Dale that you Bart want your box old game for like fucking seven years. He was out of the game for seven years. He was a coach. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a mental skills pitching coach. And then one day was like, wait a second. I actually still have 98 in the tank. Yeah. Made a comeback and had success. Turned that into a little mini extension for himself. And then when he got the chance to play for Team USA, he was like, well, of course. What do you mean? Why yeah. wouldn't I? And then you compare that to other countries. If you like go, if you if you go to uh, you know Puerto Rico based on war pitchers, like they won't even have ten. I think Yachty's number nine on that list because they don't even have ten big league pitchers. But still, they beat the Dominican Republic because every single one of them Whoa. hit lace. All right, let's talk about Blue Moon. <laughs> Spring training's here, which means baseball's finally back. Blue Moon gives you a dose of ballpark nostalgia to get you excited for the baseball season. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for the spring weather. Jay, hey, you ever uh, suck down a beautiful, juicy Blue Moon with an orange slice? You know, when I was a younger man... Uh, I would love a good blue moon. Now that I'm old and washed up, though, uh, my stomach doesn't handle beer very well. So uh, I just okay. have to eat the orange slice. Wow. You just do, do the orange slice. Fucking manly, man. We need to get you out to a, to a ball game, give you a second shot at blue moon. I think it would it be great. Delicious. Yeah. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. 
Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you for spring training. Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is one of a kind every time. Get Blue Moon delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, Dallas, how did the... Um, I see you're wearing the hat. How did the hair replacement surgery go? Uh, yeah, not... not- what was that buddy i am come fucking... on we're all friends here we're all friends you don't have to be embarrassed there i mean no the, i told you what's embarrassing that. is what's embarrassing is you walking around with that fucking hair <laughs> for the last 10 years but we're we're doing something about it now so we can all be open about it um well, what was the process like i told you you're coming with me for emotional support you're coming to hungary <laughs> when i do hungary or <laughs> turkey wherever the fuck it turkey, is turkey 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 yeah yeah you're coming emotional support no i am a I got to be honest, I've had what I thought was a flu game before uh, doing our first podcast from the delivery room during the birth of my first child. I thought that was a flu game. Um, I went in for what was supposed to be a very routine, mild procedure. Uh, I I had a hernia, just one. So we thought just un hernia, a little... And, <laughs> and you're done right little laparoscopic johnny it's just a little uh little robot johnson down your uh they get three little holes but bam bam and then uh yeah done deal right well they found four i had four four hernias yeah the how do you how do you get hernias uh the the the, the doctor told me she goes she said you you clearly have an extremely high threshold for pain um because these are things that you know should probably set you back a while did you ever have like a moment where you were down and out for a couple weeks here or there like and i was like no not that i can not that i can remember and she goes well how about recently and that's when i explained i was like yeah you know rolling around with this big dude you know jujitsu whatnot and then a leg workout and and uh, then she showed me like what it and it looked like it basically looked like the bottom of my fucking abdomen just blew out like a fucking tire. Gross. So, and I don't get sports hernias. Like, I don't, I don't, it's like, it's like, uh, it's in your, like, yeah, your stomach abdomen. lining. Like the, yeah, essentially your muscles are just so fucking big and strong. They rip mm. through the stomach lining because then of the how stress. have I never gotten one? Well, I mean, buddy, kind of a you know, little little softy, We saw the, we saw the, uh, we saw the photos. I, I hate, I, I hated to have to, to put the photo out in the fashion that I did. Um, I love that you did it because now I can sue the shit out of you for defamation of character. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a real photo, so it's, uh, you know, there's nothing. It was, yeah. 
It was before you doctored it. <laughs> I didn't. I did no such thing. Mm-hmm. Jay, hey, did you see this photo? Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I was all over that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I couldn't tell whether it was doctored or not. You know, it looked, looked viable to me. But uh, see, <clears throat> yeah, tough to say. I mean, doesn't look anything like the Saugus Domingo photo. So I, it's been a while since I've seen you in person, like w- without the top of your head. So I'm going to need to maybe do some investigating. <laughs> maybe I'll drive to Saugus, drive to Boston. Saugus Domingo. <laughs> Yeah, it's very sad times here in Saugus. What was what was that parade like? I uh, someone sent me a picture of it. I I posted that picture too. Hmm. It didn't look like the. I think they were probably early for the parade. Listen, we lost Vladdy. No, um, no, he didn't want to play. No, he lost Vladdy. He got hurt because he said, "I'll be back. I'll be back for the second round. It's going to be a movie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this one's still in production, right, Joe? Still in pre-production. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said second round was going to be a movie for DR. Uh, you know, we just we just couldn't get the job done. Tip our hats to Puerto Rico. You know, that's a team that's been to the final, <coughs> what, they, the last two times they've lost? Mm-hmm. Been World Baseball Classic runner-up. Puerto Rico's a great team. They just didn't come into the tournament with better odds than the Dominican Republic. But the Dominican Republic had such great odds because our lineup was supposed to have Fernando Tatis Jr. We were supposed to have Vladdy Jr. We were supposed to have all these guys that, you know, we just, the injury bug bit us. I'm not making excuses, but the injury bug bit us. And um, that's it. That's, that's it. It's, uh, it's a tough loss, but we'll be back. I, uh, I guess I'm curious. I guess I'm curious to know what you think this does to the does to the clubhouse, Jared, because we've been talking about guys really pulling in the same direction. And you know, do you buy that it was injuries, or uh, or is there going to be some uh, is there going to be some behind closed doors uh, blowback for some absences? You know, what do you think? Uh, uh I mean. No, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. You're not hearing any of the same stuff I'm hearing? <laughs> you're, hearing you're hearing that uh, people are pissed at certain individuals uh, from... Well, whether from it's being Dominican. pissed, I mean, you know, because pissed, that's a high... That's a, there's degrees, there's levels mm-hmm. to displeasure. Mm-hmm. I think pissed is, you know, we're starting to work our way up the ladder there on, on the level yeah. of displeasure. I think there's some, yeah. some, uh, some displeasure. Yes, I do. I think there's some displeasure going on. And whether or not that's addressed, talked about, look, it's going to have three years to die down anyway, right? So not that big of a deal. Um, what do you, what do you, like, where are those arrows being fired? Are they specifically at Vladdy or are there other people uh, that just, just players, you know, like, hey, like, man, you know, we're, we're touting this and we're, we're promoting this and the involvement. And then, you know, we, and now you're backing out. Or now there's there was a it, lot of hype. There was a lot of hype around DR, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 that's why I always want to caution people when you when you throw those kind of stones because you don't ever really know the depth of a a rehab routine or where a guys at in coming along and the organization and how much say they have in in that you know like because 
if there's a guy, and like with Nestor, you're talking about a guy in the rotation of a team who's slated to take a division, potentially. Do you want to run the risk of trying to get his care and rehab or whatever you might be calling it taken care of under the guise of a tournament training staff as opposed to your own organization? You know, so while you look at Nestor's situation and you could say, oh, yeah, was it a bad hammy or are they just being careful with their guy? Well, you don't know. Like to think they're probably being careful with their guy, which would make a ton of sense. So if that's not necessarily the case in, in other places, and like I said, from other countries who take this shit a lot more seriously than someone here in the States, you just wonder if there's, you know, any of that blowback. No. Uh, stunned is the word. Stunned is the word. I mean, I, I, it's not like they they got bumped by a shitty team. Like Puerto Rico is about as legit as it gets. So there's no shame in losing to Puerto Rico. It's just kind of like, you know, that was that was a lot of hype to not even make it out of the pool. Yeah, you know. Tough. Like like a fat kid wearing a t-shirt in the pool. It's it, it's stunned he didn't make it out. Tough to look at. <laughs> Tough to look at. Uh, I'm sad. I'm sad. But um, what have been our biggest takeaways so far from the World Baseball Classic? Obviously, like that story of the the kid from Nicaragua getting the the contract from the Detroit Tigers after uh, striking out. Uh, J Rod and Soto and I believe Devers. Yeah. Um, um, for for me, for me, one of uh, one of the really cool moments was Rio Gomez, who is the son of the yes. late Pedro Gomez. Um, to know Pedro and and Jay Hay knew Pedro a little longer than I did. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, but Pedro and I, Pedro and I became really good friends because that dude. Like he'll he'd fucking call you at eleven o'clock at night, and this is Pedro in Miami, me in California, or Pedro, you know, like legitimately to talk about his sons and to talk about them playing ball and to talk about like any advice, whatever, talk about work, and it was all within like ten fifteen minutes. But it was great. I like I love Pedro's energy, and I know a lot of folks, you know, especially in my neighborhood where I come from in the Bay area of California, um, they did not like Pedro because of his ties to Barry Bonds and blah, 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 blah. All that stuff aside, I don't know that there was a more passionate man when it came to the love of the love of his culture, the love of the sport that his culture embraced, which is baseball because Pedro, very proud Cuban man, um, Columbia, obviously part of the heritage. And so to know what baseball meant to Pedro and to know what it meant to his family and to watch his son, I watched his son pitch in the college world series at U of a, I, I mean, I talked about Rio fuck. I can't tell you how many times with Pedro. And so to see, to see Rio's mom just losing her mind and blowing him kisses coming off the mound and you could see him just kind of looking up, you know, knew where she was looking for her and soaking that moment in. Like when we talk about sport 
And we talk about family and the magnitude of moments that sport can provide. That for me is going to be a lasting image that I take away from the WBC now and until the last pitch of the WBC that I take in as a baseball fan. That meant a whole lot to me. And I'm really glad that that family got to experience that moment. Yo, imagine saying that WBC doesn't mean shit coming off of that moment. Like, get fucked. Yeah. Hmm. Any uh, any big moments for you, Jay? I mean, I don't want to just parrot exactly what Dallas said, but that was something that struck with me as well. Um, I've enjoyed every... <clears throat> every Shohei Otani moment. I, I mean, I've my personal viewing has been kind of locked in on on him and watching Japan. Um, you know, no no great prediction, but I predicted Japan to win, so I've just been kind of like trying to ride them and tune into them. Plus, there's like guys on that team that I have wanted to see play in person that I've never seen before. Um, and, and to me, it's just like it's not so much a moment as it is the essence that I'm taking away from this that. We have taken the most famous and best player that currently exists in Major League Baseball, and he has been placed on an international stage that he has never been able to go on before. And I'm just excited about the the cultural breakthrough element um, that the WBC can provide as it relates to Shohei Otani and what that can do then for Major League Baseball as a whole. So that's kind of like my my takeaway or not so much a moment, just a vibe, I guess. I think it's been fascinating that Shohei has somehow doubled his Instagram following just since the start <laughs> of this tournament. And I saw some people were like, well, that's because he wasn't posting as much before. And now he's posting more. I was like, I don't know that that's enough to double your entire following to become the first player to hit the first major league baseball player to hit 3 million social media followers. Like that's uh, like before, I believe the record was held by David Ortiz, which is not a great indictment for our sport. When the most followed player is a guy that's been retired since 2016. (laughs) So now you've got Shohei Otani with 3 million followers, the first player in major league baseball to ever do it. And I'm sure that there's some NBA guys that are like, Oh, 3 million. That's cute. Like I had that one. I was a rookie. I had that when I was probably the, true when I was in the G League. G League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure, you know, there's still a long way to go in, in terms of having like internet internationally marketable stars in the game of baseball. But uh, we have all this time. But what what year, Dallas? What year was baseball invented? 18 fucking something. 18 whenever we launched starting nine i think i want to say 1882 baseball was invented in this says june of 1846 46 that could be wrong not everything on the internet's correct they go in london well all that to say uh baseball has been around for a long long time and we're fortunate enough to be in the prime years of our lives getting to watch Shohei Otani play baseball. So I, I, I don't want to overlook either. Like somebody like Julio Rodriguez also participated in this tournament. Right. And while that while catch it, and, right. Y- yes. Yes. But I, what I was going to say is like, 
while he didn't have necessarily a cultural breakthrough moment or his star wasn't elevated on the U.S. national stage because of his participation in this WBC, that didn't necessarily have to be the way that it turned out. And participation is the first thing. And giving yourself a chance to get on that stage is the thing. And the fact that like Julio, who's obviously earmarked as one of the, obviously nobody's Otani, but as part of the next generation of, of national level stars in Major League Baseball, like I, I think it's encouraging that, that someone like him was there and that it lays the foundation for maybe participation in future seasons when maybe he does have that breakthrough moment. What I don't want to happen is I don't want the WBC to become a version of the Home Run Derby where guys do it once and they're like, oh, that was cool. You know, and what sucks is as soon as I say that, I can fully understand if a guy were to go, hey, look, I'd love to do that once. I, I don't know that I want to play in the WBC every single time it comes around. Shit, I don't know if I'll be playing for it to come around multiple times and me to have the luxury to deny an invitation. You know, but I, I don't I don't want to see that happen because I don't know, man, there's just there's something about, you know, like Pete Alonzo, like I love him saying, I don't care. Like, and he didn't say this, but like, look, if the Home Run Derby champ gets to come back and participate next year, I want to win this every fucking year. I want to do this every fuck. I love the idea of you thinking you're pretty fucking sweet in the first half. Pumping out 25, 30, just digging yourself, and you're on the way to the Midsummer Classic, and you think you're going to be the big bopper in the fucking derby, but you got old Pedro Alonso waiting for you. He's like, yeah, I don't care that it's fucking 180, pal. I don't care that it's 180. I don't care that I've only hit 19. This derby is my fucking territory. This is where I eat, and you just know that you got to go through Pedro Alonso to win the derby. Like, I, I, I love that. I love that other countries are featuring guys that are fucking substitute teachers, right? Insurance salesmen that are like, every time that fucking third year rolls around and I know I'm getting the call, I break out that net, start letting the whip loose, and I'm ready to go. I love that. Um, <clears throat> I hate to interrupt. Uh, I got to get this last ad read in because the people with my closet are here. And, uh, listen. There's so much basketball to watch right now. It's crazy. Like a ball with a funky spin. It could be hard to get a handle on it all. Now you can stay on top of all the madness with Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will still be right there with the assist. Millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Hallelujah. Introducing a next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Um, I actually want to back up to that, to your question about best moment. The best moment was yeah. when I should have had the country of origin for this guy before I opened my fucking mouth, but the guy who got signed off of striking out like uh, three DR batters in a row, like the, the heart of the DR, he got signed by I, I don't, again, yeah, I don't by the know. Tigers. Yeah, by the Tigers. It's like <clears throat> is that the highlight moment? No, but that to me speaks to like the life changing impact that the WBC can have too. Where this guy is, this guy's life is literally changed forever because he showed up on the WBC 
and absolutely owned shit uh, against arguably three of the 10 best hitters that are even participating in the tournament. Uh, and I don't know, that just kind of struck me. It was like, damn, that guy, the trajectory for that individual is completely different than it was before this tournament. Is, isn't that, is it, wasn't he from Great Britain? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Nicaragua, that's right. Nicaragua. Yeah, like, and I mean, when you think about it too, baseball, I feel like baseball is one of the only, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to comfortably say, say baseball. Like, what other sport could you put a skill on display in a very, like, just in, in a vacuum and that be enough for somebody who evaluates talent and pays people to play sport athletically to go, you know what? Yeah. Yes. Are you interested in a paycheck? I've seen enough. Like the lefty blowing a hundo of the fucking speed pitch, right? The A's signed him. Yeah. So like what other venue, like the guy who knocks down the layup, the free throw, the three-pointer, and the half-court shot at halftime <laughs> at the NBA game, he's not getting a fucking 10-day contract. Yeah, the only parallel yeah. I can think of is like when, you know, an NFL team signs signs someone who's like blazing fast to be a kick returner or like see if they can make him into a wide receiver. But that seems even more rare than what we're talking about here. Um, I don't know. It's that Nick no, life has changed forever. That's cool. But yeah. How how fucking sweet is that? You know, because then I think about the kid from Canada, right? The lefty 19. And he's staring down the barrel of that fucking USA lineup and just gets, you know, he starts spraying it a little, gets whacked around a little and like, you know, brought to tears the emotion that he was feeling because that's a dream come true. When is that dude ever going to face a lineup like that again? And if you've ever wanted to test yourself, it's like, well, here you go. (laughs) Here's a great way to test yourself at 19. Go get him, and he's going to pitch a long time. He might pitch 19 years in the big leagues. I hope he does. Uh, but but you can see just the emotion and and you know the highs and the lows of what this tournament can do to you, what it brings out in you as a player. You talk about the kid from Canada. Yeah, the kid from Canada who did not yeah. fare too well, and we were talking about the kid from Nicaragua. Jay Hay said yeah. that you know looking back that that's probably one of the lasting moments that he'll take away is the kid from Nicaragua punching out the. Two, three, four of the DR lineup and signing yep. with the Tigers about seven minutes afterwards. And then I said, I mean, the, the kid from the kid from Canada, nineteen years old, fifth rounder for the Rangers, and I mean, like some people were like chirping this kid. It's like he's a kid, he's yep. a kid, and he's he's getting out there, and he's he's got to look at Mookie Betts and Mike Trout staring him down in the batter's box. Yeah. Imagine being 19 years old and like that's your that's your task is is get outs with Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, all these guys, uh, JT Real Muto. Like that is impossible. And I don't care if you're a professional or not. He's never pitched above single A in his life. And that and so I, I felt so bad for him. I, I did like I felt bad that he was like. But yeah, clearly he was emotional. But you know what? Uh, something else that I thought about, and this was kind of, I'm, I'm glad this was talked about on the broadcast because this was a sign for me that the institution as a whole is maybe going to start investing 
in our presence in in this tournament in the future. And it's because of having a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. on the roster. Yeah. L- little to no playing time. Correct. It's not about the playing time. It's about giving an opportunity to a guy who is going to be a pillar in your game, or so you hope, to learn from other pillars in your game, not only on a sport level, how to hone your craft at an elite level, but I want you to experience this. I want you to take away what this means so that you can go back, kind of like the conversation that you have in the game as a hitter, and maybe things don't work out. You punch out on a dirty slide piece, and you're telling your boy on deck what that was. Hey, slider yeah. after a heater and a lot of arm side run, so look for that slider. You're having that conversation now. Boys, let me tell you, if the phone rings and you get that envelope or whatever it is and they want you to come play for the Stars and Stripes, you don't say yes. You say hell yes. You ask, when do I need to report? You need to fucking be there. That's what I believe is happening there. And Bobby Witt Jr. is a dude who is, for all accounts, and from, from how, I, how I've gotten to know him, he wants to play. He wants to fucking play. Wearing USA across his chest means something. Yeah. And so watching that and seeing that kind of, I don't know, starts a little, starts a little fire maybe in my belly. And makes me want to believe that we are starting to take this a little more seriously and we will eventually get to a point where we give a fuck about this. Yeah. Well, think about it. Think for, to your point, think about how invaluable that experience is to have uh, like one of your young stars get to go play alongside Mike Trout. Yep. Like getting that experience. Mookie Betts. Like we, we don't need to go over the names over and over. Just Mike Trout alone. Like, yeah, we have a very young player here who, like, I mean, he's he's almost, once, like, Salvi's gone, it's like, you're talking about he's a couple years from, from being the longest tenured player on the team, and he's going to be, like, 26 years old. Yeah. It's, it's one of those organizations. So <clears throat> to go over there and have the chance, and I've seen people talk about this already. I, I can't remember who it was that said it that was talking about Mike Trout's routine where it's like, yeah, we... His routine isn't anything like Shohei Otani's routine is crazy. Like it's it's you can't even put into words Shohei Otani's routine. But you go to look at a guy like Mike Trout's routine. It's like, yeah, there's nothing crazy about it. It's just the the consistency that he does it with the uh, intensity that he does it with. It's it. That's what makes him great. So. Yeah, I mean that 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 type of experience. I know that it sucks if you if you're a Royals fan. You're like, well, we could really benefit from having him make some progress here in spring training camp. But uh, just think about who he's surrounding himself with and getting better almost through osmosis. Yeah, the the uh, the the reps on the quote unquote backfield that he's getting with this group right now, the reps that he's getting in BP and the routines that he's developing, the routines that he's able to pick and sparse from and create his own, that is infinitely more valuable than the work he's going to be getting in in Arizona right now. I promise you. And again, as an industry, you have to zoom out and think macro. This is about moving forward as a sport, as an industry. Who are the ones that are going to impact it? Young dudes like Bobby Wood Jr. And 
<clears throat> I don't know the relationship between Bobby Witt and Bobby Witt Jr. Um, but I do think it's interesting that Bobby Witt Jr. went to go participate in this tournament, as you guys said, with the assumption of little to no playing time, um, and that his dad has the backdrop of participating in the Olympics in 1984 uh, for the United States, uh, in Los Angeles. So, you know, maybe that was an influencing factor, his dad's experience representing his country or maybe not, but I did think that was interesting. But that's, that's a, and that right there, Jay speaks to pedigree. That's where, that's where pedigree comes in is because he has an understanding of what it means to put a Jersey on that, whether or not your name is on the back of it, the name that's on the front of it means a lot more and whatever you're going to get monetarily personal accolade wise. That's not what this jersey is about, son. That's not what wearing this jersey means. And that education was had very early. I also wonder if it's kind of an age thing. I feel like I think younger players care more about the WBC than older players by a lot. Just because older players didn't grow up with it being a thing and they saw it kind of come into place. Like, what is this tournament? They heard this. But I think as a kid, when you're looking at like, the WBC, it's like the dopest shit ever. Well, Joe, that plays I, a role in it. And that's, yes, that's a, that's a great point because it wasn't something that was, you know, ever present in some of the older veterans' lives or something that they could, you know, look forward to uh, as, as it started to develop. Something else, though, is when you're younger and the idea of making the all-star team and going to the home run derby and stuff like that, that's exciting. And then you go and do it. And that's why you see guys who go and do it once, maybe don't return or maybe pull out because they now value the time off way more than they do what it requires them to go and be a part of that weekend. So the shine of it has lost its luster and the shine of the WBC might have lost its luster to some folks who say, look, I did it once. It was great. Don't know that I want to do it again. It's a bit of a demand. That's a little funky for me early when I'm trying to get right. Blah, 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 blah. So young guys, totally okay with that. Fast forward six years in their career, maybe that third time around, they're like, you know what? I think I'm out. Yeah. I don't see any examples of that though. And it also, it's tough, way tougher to make Team USA than an all-star team. Even if you look back at 2017 roster, like how many of those guys could still be on this team? It's like Goldschmidt, Arnado. But I, it's like nobody else. Like everyone else in that team right now is like not. Only players who are like still good who aren't on the team are like Alex Bregman. But I don't even know if he got invited this year, even though he's still legit. But even like Christian Yelich and Stanton probably weren't even invited this year, even though they're still elite. Yeah, where's Judge? Like how, how does how does judge. how does Team USA <laughs> not feature what what I was told is the game's greatest player? That's crazy to me that he didn't do it because he's well, he has to be the captain of the Yankees and that's a lot of responsibility. So he has to be there to be the Yankees captain. Obviously, I, uh, I just want to applaud Jared for uh, setting up shop at the front door of a 7-Eleven for the last. Uh, <laughs> it's my fucking front door. The show. Jake, you're going to have to edit that out. I'm going to fucking snap. <clears throat> um all right i don't i i don't have anything else anybody nope all right uh 
what's the schedule for WBC coming up? There's there's no more games no today. No more games today. That. Game tomorrow, game Friday. You've got a clean slate the rest of the night. And then you have the quarterfinal, 7 p.m. tomorrow uh, in Miami. And then you get another 7 p.m. game uh, in Miami. Sunday, 7 p.m. US, in Miami. USA plays Saturday. All right. <clears throat> uh, I know... I know I'm Dominican, um, but I'm going to be rooting for USA, my second favorite team. Um, go USA. We out.